Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert to this thing called life real quick. Uh, and I don't want to ruffle no feathers, but um, I'm very much a, a feather fluffer, okay? Uh, what is going to happen in this thing called life is you are going to experience different levels of newness. And if you are in a level or in an area of your life or in a season or in a lane that you are not coming across any new revelations, you are not coming across any new difficulties, you are not coming into anything that looks like next level, next step, next something, then I dare you to go ahead and just admit that you've reached a level of stagnation because I believe that life is ultimately a revolving evolutionary it should literally look different with maybe some sameness as in you have the same family you have the same whatever it is that God designed for you but there should always be something evolving especially something in your world in your life and within you and I get my cues from the creator I noticed that we have 12 months and they all don't look the same. I noticed that we have different seasons and we don't get the same season the same way every single year. Sometimes the summer is, is summering. You're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, this is brutal. Sometimes the winter be burr to the max. Sometimes spring come a little bit earlier than usual. The rain is a little bit much. In the, like the, the fall is a little bit symbolic of winter it's like wait a minute but to know off back things are ever changing things are ever evolving things are never ever going to look exactly the same exactly the same way each and every time it just does not happen that way so if you don't see that with seasons even down to like and I've been really intrigued on how you can have a mom and a and a dad pup and the, all their litter looks different. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why is that one brown and then this one is black? It's like, oh, because um, they came from a litter where, you know, they had that gene. And, the, and so it's literally, you can have the same parents of, of puppies, of dogs, and have, I don't like that word, but because I don't call my dogs dogs, um, and have it where they literally give birth to different color schemes, different, like it, the different, it, it's just, it's, intriguing to me you can go into a grocery store and in a couple of years down the line a couple of months down the line guess what they're doing they're even updating how they actually have their stores when I went to Walmart the first couple of times I was like yo these aisles are not big enough for two carts like I'm tired of the excuse me excuse me's and the squeezing now you go in there it is huge you could drive a car down the lanes now <laughs> it's like oh okay and maybe it's because they added more features and things to their particular business plan but the thing of the matter is in order to evolve things are going to look different things are going to change and woe is he who just decides I'm not going to change I'm not going to elevate I want everything to look the same that's the person that you literally found that they live in the same area they live they have the same friends they go to the same job they have the same thing and nothing about them is next level but you know what they have already decided their destiny because I truly believe that if everything looks the same, then you have literally missed the mark of being great. Because everyone that I've ever read, 
that had accumulated any form of greatness had a decision to make. Do I stay in the safety zone of sameness or do I step out and just be bold enough to see if I can walk on water? You can be the 11 disciples in a boat. They still got mentioned in the Bible. They still were very much a part of that story with Peter walking on water. They still very much, you know, continue to be disciples. It's not like they lost their disciplehood or anything else to that degree. But you know who reigns supreme. You know who God actually built his church on. You know who actually had the responsibility to take this ministry to the next level after Jesus. It was Peter. Peter was the one that walked on water. Peter was the one that had the character of like, bro, if I could, if you think I could do it, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. There was something about the way that Peter saw life, certain things that the way that, that he saw Jesus, that's why Jesus asked Peter, but who do you say I am? Because it is important to know, I know what everybody else says. I know how everybody else thinks. I know what everybody else's perspective is, but it's more important to me. What is your perspective? So who do you say I am? And there's even something in that. He could have went ahead and was like, I kind of think you are what Elijah and them said, you know, a little bit of you may be the Messiah, not too sure. But he had a perspective of boldness that debunked sameness. Same thing with Caleb and Joshua. They were like, yo, we can possess the land. <laughs> I'm telling you, we can do some stuff. Listen, the fruit, look how, look, look at this grape. I'm talking about, don't this look like, right, it is huge, man. Like, I'm telling you, basketball, that, that was the smallest one we can get. I'm telling tell you right now. We can go out there, we can possess the land, we can do some stuff. And what happened? The report of the majority won. Because the other people who were with him spying out the land was like, no, buddy, we cannot do it. Them folks are grasshoppers, okay? Um, well, them folks is huge and makes us look like grasshoppers. And not only did it make us look like grasshoppers, they believed that we were grasshoppers. And so their sameness contaminated the first group of Israelites getting the promised land. But there was something about Joshua and Caleb. They were dimensionables. They were the one that because your perspective was different than everybody else, because you didn't get bit with the bug of sameness, there's something about y'all that God saw. You know what? I'll take y'all to the promised land, but it can't be y'all. So because it took uh, 40 days for y'all to spy out the land, let's add a year to every day that y'all were out there. Y'all going to be in this wilderness for 40 years. But Joshua, Caleb, I got something for y'all. Yeah, 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 next level. I ain't going to hold you. Um, There is something about being able to see something different regardless of what everybody sees. It is something about going and seeing, going to the same place, seeing the same thing, but having a different perspective. That is not a human trait. And you have to be different. You have to be set apart. And when God sees those kind of people, he's like, you know what? And I'm going to do something dope with you. I'm going to do something dope with you. Caleb, rain bells. We all know him. As a matter of fact, can you name the other people that went out with him to go spy the land? No. Why? Because it was everybody else. They had the same perspectives of everyone else. There was nothing different about them. And I don't know how much more we need to be shaked by the shoulders to realize sameness never gets the blessing of boldness. You have to embody boldness to get to the next level of whatever God has for you. You have got to see a thing and be like, you know what? 
Because Esther could have been like everybody else. Listen, the king, he don't, when he don't call for somebody, you can't just walk up in there and be like, like, you can't do that. The king has to actually say some stuff to you. You got to send the message. You got to like, you know, play telephone, man. I don't know what it is, but nobody who has ever just gone in there without being summoned has lived to tell the tale, sir. And so like Mordecai, I understand that, you you know, there's something going out that all my people's getting ready to die, but you putting me at risk because, uh, I never been in this situation, sir. You know I'm an orphan. <laughs> Sir, I live with you, okay? And so now you're telling me on behalf of my people, I need you to do something bold in this new situation. Sir, I am already nervous that I'm displaced. I, I shouldn't have even been queen. <laughs> like, I'm Queen Esther? This is outrageous from my roots, from where I've begun, from where God has taken me from. And so what I don't want to do, I don't want to mess any of this up. I don't want to get to a place that I'm starting to go ahead and stick out like a sore thumb. I obviously got some type of favor. So what I want to do is I would like to blend in so that I don't go ahead and miss this opportunity or mess this opportunity up. That could have been her, her mindset. Yet, her mindset was, you know what? Tell my people, go back, tell my people to go ahead and pray. I am going to go ahead and um, have a conversation with the king. And if something happened to me, then something happened to me. Rebuke in the name of Jesus. But what I won't do is miss out on this opportunity because I decided not to step out on faith, that I decided not to step out and be bold. And what happened? God honored that. God was like, oh, okay, you're going to speak to the king? Knowing that you there's a protocol, there's a way to do it, there's a this, that, and the third? Yes, the same thing with the woman and, queen, and kings. Where the judge was like, listen, I don't fear God and I don't have a relationship, but this woman is coming to me too often. She is getting on my nerves. So whatever y'all need to do to go ahead and, and just satisfy whatever her claim is, go ahead and do that because if I see her one more Tuesday, I'm going to have a problem. And that's why the woman or the woman in Kings got whatever she wanted because she felt she had an injustice. Something wasn't right and it didn't sit well with her. So guess what? You're not going to sit comfortably knowing that I was done wrong. So I'm going to step out. I don't, I'm not sure she had any kind of evidence of, of people doing it that way and being able to go ahead and get whatever they wanted from a judge by just being a nag. But she was like, guess what? I guess new sheriff in town, because this is the way I'm going to operate in this. I'm going to keep coming up here. Y'all going to keep seeing me. I'm going to keep saying good morning. I'm yep, Why y'all drinking y'all coffee? Y'all going to be like, there she go again. And she going to keep coming here until you correct whatever is not right in my life. I'm only here because you were in a place or you were placed in a seat that can change whatever is an issue in my life. And so I'm not talking to you because I want to. I'm talking to you because you were placed to hear me say this. There's something powerful in being like, you know what? I don't know how many too much um, unclean women were in the vicinity when Jesus was walking. But the woman with the issue of blood was like, and guess what? We're going to do it today. I'm so glad. I would have loved to go ahead and be in that time to just ask like, yo, did you like woman with the issue of blood real quick? Did you at any point feel like, mm, let me run this by my homegirl because like, this is crazy. Like I'm getting ready to go touch the Messiah. Like I can't even be around 
clean people because I'm considered unclean because I'm bleeding outside of, you know, whatever the misrating time period is. Like, I am ceremonial unclean. And I'm really getting ready to go out here and touch this this Messiah, bro. I am wilding. Like, I can't. Like, I really just would want to ask her real quick. Women, come here. Come over here real quick. No, because the Bible didn't give you a name. So I'm going to call you Nay. Nay, quick question. Did you tell any of your homegirls you was coming out here today? Right? Like, you out here by your dolo? Let me tell you something. You a different kind of bold, ma'am. Because <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I don't even know if the two match. As a matter of fact, now that I hear myself saying it out loud, I don't know too many women that went to Jesus to go get healed. It looked like you wanted the first because a lot of them were men. They were blind men. It was men with leprosy. It was all kind of things. The only time that women were brought to Jesus almost seemed like to embarrass them. The adulterous women, they was like, uh, we found her doing the butt, <laughs> sir. So I'm going to need you to you understand? do what you need to do with her. But very rare. Was a woman coming up to Jesus like, Ronnie healing? Like, nothing else to discuss. Um, hey, how you doing? How's your mama doing? Cool, small talk. But clearly, um, you see this foot? <laughs> I need you to go ahead and touch it. So, you, it, now that I can hear myself saying that out loud, nay, women with the issue of blood for 12 years, nay, you a different kind of level. What made you think that you, you literally cross cultural boundaries? You said, I'm going to go touch him. Not only am I going to touch him, I'm going to cut the line. Not only am I going to cut the line, I'm, I'm, I know what the ceremonial clean and whatever the, you know, order of things is. But I'm not, listen, none of that matters when it comes to me getting to my next level. I'm, I'm not breaking no rule, but I'm also not following y'all rules. I'm not being malicious, but I'm also not being kind. I'm going to be authentically me. I'm going to be authentically led. And if it offends you, my bad, but I'm going to keep going. Like, we could really adopt, like, some gems from Nay, woman with the issue of blood. Because that takes a certain kind of tenacity to be like, you know what? As much as I love my family, I'm not telling them my every move. As much as my homegirl is, you know, my bestie and that's my best friend and all that other stuff. I'm not literally adding her to everything that I do. As much as, like, you literally got to start looking at how much you connect other people to your promise. Because then you wonder why you moving so slow. Why you not getting to the next level? How come it's, it's all this distraction and this, that, and the third? Why don't you start looking around you and seeing how many people are plugged into you? How many anchors do you have that you lovingly called kites and they're actually anchors in your life? Not saying you need to cut people all the way off, even though I'm a strong candidate for doing so. Because when pruning happens, we, we don't just cut a piece of it. We, we cut it from the root because it's not healthy for the overall plant. But I'll leave that between you and the Lord because I have become a plant mom and that's how I feel about life. So at this point, who have you lovingly called anchors? Or lovingly called kites, and they're actually anchors. Is there someone that God has been trying to wrestle you down with to say, I know you love them, but I love you more. And the plan that I have for you is being stagnated because of who you won't let go of. And sometimes it's not even a physical person. It's something that someone has spoken into your life you still are reaping the unbenefit 
of what someone spoke to you, however many fill in the blanks ago. Do you understand that shaking people is more than just a physical thing? Sometimes you got to uproot that thing from your soul. Sometimes you got to untie yourself and unshackle yourself from the boundaries of your culture. And this is how you do a thing. Like, why do you feel like you got to let everybody know what you're doing and how you're doing? And then when you get exposed to their, their opinions, now you feel some kind of way. Well, maybe you shouldn't have opened up the door in the first place. It's okay to wave through the window. Why you got to open the door? You see what I'm saying? Sometimes stagnation is literally the foundation of sameness. And I just wanted to get to another level that I just wanted to just be clear and to voice so that we will remember forevermore. When you are on the road to greatness, you will always experience newness. When I think about Moses, Buddy was, uh, listen, 80 plus years old, however old he was, because he was 40 there and then 40 in the wilderness. Okay, so he was, yeah, about 80 or so. So this man literally saw a bush burning and was like, what is this? This is, let me tell you something. This thing is not burning, sir. Wait, but it's on fire. That doesn't make any sense. And so he's experiencing something new and then had to be up, sir, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. Okay, cool. And God gave him a whole new venture. I don't know what you were over here, but I'm getting ready to make you something better over there. And he had a decision to make. Do you leave the area of stagnation that you created even for yourself? It was safe, but it was same. It was safe, but it was same. Do you leave sameness to go see greatness? It's essentially what the path is. The Bible says I put before you life and death. Choose life. It's like he gave you two options and then gave you the answer. He whispered like, see, circle C. Yeah, I need you to circle C. (laughs) Like it was very clear, right? And so when you think about Moses and you think about Noah like sir why you wait all the way until he got to that age to be like I don't I know that you you know you got a vineyard and and that's your realm but now you're getting ready to build something oh you thought you was gonna build like a little kayak boat situation no so you're getting ready to build an ark no 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 don't worry I know that <laughs> I know that's scary it's like whoa this is so new um but I'm gonna give you the cubic length and it's okay also, just if you just make sure you follow this with the gopher for wood and when I tell you to put the window and all that stuff, you're going to be good. Trust me, bro. It's going to be dope. Like, huh? Um, okay. When Jesus was going ahead and getting the disciples, he was like, uh, okay, Peter, I see you on your garden fisherman. I see you, Um, but follow me. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. You no no talk back. Cool. Okay. Also, I'm gonna meet some other people who's never really rocked with me. I never even took you out to dinner. I didn't give you my business proposal. I didn't do any of that. I'm just saying, like, bro, I'm about to go ahead and introduce you to some newness. I'm gonna give you a new option. If you choose it, you about to be a part of the great. If you don't, mm, have a nice day. Because what did that one um rich person do? He was like, Oh Jesus, I want to follow you. Matter of fact, it wasn't a rich person. It was the person that asked Jesus, can I follow you? And Jesus was like, yeah, all right, come. He was like, ah, but I got to go back and um, bury my father. He was like, yo, let the dead bury the dead. And Buddy made his decision. I don't even think the Bible tells us what that person's name was. 
But people had decisions. As a matter of fact, you'll probably be uh, shocked to hear that there were more than 12 disciples. Jesus had a whole bunch of them. Oh, the clout got heavy. Trust and believe. Yeah, Jesus had a following. If he had an instant, instant social media kind of situation, he would have, yeah, he would have um, exceeded the greats, to be honest. But then when it got a little bit tricky and got a little bit trying, and he was like, yo, whoever want to go home, go home. A lot of them went home. And then when he looked back at Peter and them was like, so what you doing? Peter was like, bro, where are we going? I'm staying with you. <laughs> Been out here. I, I don't invested this much time. I'm not going anywhere. So you have to understand that greatness is a decision. Greatness is a decision. And it always nine times out of 10 comes with you deciding to accept newness. And for anyone who feels like, yo, I ain't going to hold you. That makes me, I feel very unsecure listening to that. Like insecure, (laughs) like that's not, you can't just say, oh, choose the new route. Like you got to give me something else. Okay. So outside of choosing the new route, choose the new route that actually is authentically sound with you. Because if someone was to come up to say, let's just say with me, if they were like, yo, I got this fabulous business idea, this, that, and the third, um, but you're going to have to do some things that go against my particular character and my beliefs, that's not an option for me. It may be a new venture because this is how this, this is the first time this person has pitched to me. But it's not an option for me because what you are trying to get me to do goes against my morals and my beliefs. And so you're asking me to be an inauthentic version of me and I cannot win not being me. That's not a win. I've said it before and I said it again. If I get in the lane of life and at any time I change lanes or I change shoes just to get the gold medal, then I have already lost. Because when I get there to the finish line, I want to see me, I want to see the God in me and I want to see that I chose, I made brave decisions to get there, but it better not ever look like someone led or fed me to my finish line. Cause that's not a win to me. And so when you think about newness and you think about those kind of things, those are the kind of things that you got to factor in. And when I thought about that, I said, I, I know you probably going to roll your eyes, but I got to bring up my boy, David again. I have to, because he, Listen, David gave enough fruit for us to make peach cobbler for life. <laughs> I'm not even going home. It's a lot of fruit in his story. And I keep getting new revelations. And I'm like, bro, I have got to go back to David. So not even giving no bachelor. First Samuel 17, you know, I'm reading the NLT version. I want to read how David stayed authentically him when faced with newness and greatness at the same time. Mm -hmm. Let's read that. So I want to go ahead and start off with 32. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. 33. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since youth. 34. But David persisted. Nah, (laughs) I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. 
If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. 36. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. 37. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally contested. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. 38. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. 39. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. 40. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. And I want to jump down to 46. Oh, wait, 45. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. 46. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Let me explain something to you. And David was clear. Bruh, I am being introduced to a new situation. I am not above reproach that I don't see. This is new. I was just coming down here to make my way downtown to feed my brothers because my father asked me to. Like he was very clear. I did not come down here for this. I'm not dressed for this. This was um very much. I didn't plan on getting out the car and y'all got me very much getting outside the car. So um yeah, it's scary. But the last thing that I'm getting ready to do is to approach a new situation with new armor from somebody else that is not even winning in their current armor. <laughs> you ever had somebody tell you how to keep a man and you like, where's yours? Cause Casper, I don't really, huh? Okay. You ever had somebody tell you how to win in a situation? You're looking at their situation like, really? So you know all the tips of being a millionaire. So why your account is not making, making the pieces hit? What happened? Yeah, be very weary of the person who has all the advice and even all the possible tangible items, but they're not even winning with what they're trying to give you. Hmm? No, it's not gossiping. It's Bible. <laughs> because Saul, if you had that armor, if you had that coat of mail, if you had that, then why are you not out here fighting the Philistine? Why are you not out here giving Goliath the, uh, situ the business? Like, what happened? So what you actually are trying to give me is ineffective in ineffective anything. I don't care what it is. An ineffective mindset, an ineffective tangible item, whatever you're trying to give me, the real question is, has it worked? And the second question is, is it working for you? That's how you go ahead and cut to the finish line on what somebody else is trying to say. Oh, you should be a part of this business still. How's it working out for you? Oh, you should come over here and get and be a part of this company. How they treating you while you there? Yeah, don't give me anything that currently is not serving you period. Okay. That's how I feel about it. But David was very clear. I'm getting ready to do something new. And so the last thing I'm going to do is approach a new situation with, with new armor that somebody else gave me. And they're not even really using it the way they should. 
But what I can rely on, what I do have in my armor, is like, yo, I remember that time when I was fighting lions and tigers and bears, and God was like, bro, I got you. And he gave me the super strength, and I was able to open up the mouth of a lion. I was able to open up the mouth of the bears. I was able to do some things that people are afraid to do in the jungle. It was like, stop playing with me. Give me back my sheep. I was tussling. I was there. You know, I was in the streets. You understand? And so the last thing that I'm going to do is forget that God brought me out. And that was a scary situation then. So I remember in that time how God saved me. I remember in that time how God equipped me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut and paste what God did before because the Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so if he did it yesterday, if he did it yesteryear, if he did it any time before today, then I know that he has the ability and the power to do it again today. So I'm sorry. I cannot take the advice of a new person. I cannot take the armor of a new person. I cannot take a new piece of armor that I've never even seen work in my own life. But what I can take for this new situation is what God has done before. And I can win in this new situation with familiar armor, even if it's just God, even if it's just what God equipped me with. No, I've never been in this company before, but you know what? I've taken tests that I was afraid to take. I felt like I wasn't equipped and God, I prayed and, and, and made myself, prepared myself and did all the things. And guess what? I won. And so the same formula that I took then. I'm going to go ahead and take it into this situation. No, I've never been a homeowner before, but you know what? I remember when I was in my apartment a couple of times and I didn't know how I was going to do that. And then I started getting good with my money and I started doing this, that, and the third. And so I remember like, yo, if I just do this, this, and this, I can cut and paste these lessons in any new situation. So David may not have taken a club, but he was like, bruh, I'm going to take what's available because I realized that it's not what's on me. It's what's in my hand. The club was in my hand when I was fighting the lions and the tigers and the bears and oh my. And so Saul's trying to put something on me. But what David remember is the power and the anointing came from when I believed God and he put the power in my hand to pry open the lion's mouth, to pry open whatever the bear was trying to do. And then I will club it to death, not because the club was a super sized situation, but because it was in my hand and the power was in my hand. So I'm going to pick up five smooth stones. I'm going to go ahead and put it in my hand and I'm going to believe God like I believed God with those lions and tigers and bears. And guess what? I realized that. That the wind comes from me believing in God and stepping out in God, but he puts the anointing in my hand. Have you identified how God anointed you? Have you identified, wait a minute, God has given me something that, and you fill in the blank for you. Some people, they like, listen, I may not have gone to cosmetology school, but the way that I can see a, a design or see hair or see that, ooh, you need this kind of treatment, I don't need years experience. I don't need to be a cosmetologist, whatever. But I do know that if I'm able to get in the room, people will see the power that's in my hand. You ever, you didn't go to no singing school, but you sing a song and you go ahead and you go in church or wherever you decide to sing, you do a cover on YouTube or whatever you do. And people are like, my gosh, your voice is soothing. And you like, bruh, how... I just was singing in the shower. I wasn't really doing nothing extracurricular at all. But you realize that God put the anointing on your voice. You ever got next to someone and they was having a hard time and they're like, oh my gosh, now talking to you or whatever it is, I feel so much better. You need to realize that God put the anointing in your words. And so when you get in a new situation, you need to remember, mm -mm, God put the anointing in my hands. God put the anointing in my words. God put the anointing in my, in my perspective. I can see things different than the average person. I can discern things better than the average 
average person. And so this may not be the, uh, the same exact situation, but it's not new to me because I got the same armor, the same anointing that he gave me. When I have power and dominion over those other situations, I'm going to have it in these new situations. So it may be new to you, Saul, but the anointing is the same. It may be new to you, everybody who's scared to go ahead and fight Goliath, but the anointing is the same. You need to start looking at people in situations and going, it may be new and scary to you, but it's the same to me because I'm still anointed in that area. I'm still anointed in that area. The anointing is not off of me because I'm not in that location. You thought I was just going to go ahead and be successful at that job because I was at that job. The anointing follows me. So it didn't matter if David was in the, the shepherd and in the field with the sheep. It didn't matter if he was on his way somewhere else. Wherever he was at, the anointing was still in his hand. You need to get that. Holy Spirit, do your thing because <laughs> I feel you, sir. I'm with it. Nope, let's just keep going. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? So many people will let you think, oh, you can't be successful in another state. Why? God made you successful over there. Why can't you go over there and do the same thing? Get what the Bishop uh, uh, Jay-Z said? Yeah, I'm, I'm from New York. I can make it anywhere. <laughs> the, uh, listen, Concrete Jungle, like what you want to do, listen to the words. Yeah, I'm from the hood, though. Rebecca, you understand? I don't want to go, but you understand what I'm saying? It's when you start seeing, no, I listen, what? I can, I've done this before. This is familiar. It may not be familiar ground, but the anointing, it can still overpower it. What do you mean? Like, no, there is no such thing as a location. Your anointing is not dependent on a locale. There is something about you that is just anointed because it's you. Because God gave out a certain gift and that's just the gift you got. He said, you know what? I can do something dope with um, Peter, but I'm, I'm getting ready to change your name, Andrew, because like that's not hitting. <laughs> when I built my church, I needed to have a little, you know, put some sauce on it because Andrew is giving very much. Mm, but Peter, we can call you Pete. We can call, like, I like that. We're going to go ahead and do that. And so you need to understand that it was already in the queue. It was already destined. It was already written. What you need to understand is that you can do it anywhere. Like, you need to really be that bold, that brave. Like, yo, I, I didn't know nothing. I'm, I'm going to give you a perfect example. I was in one career field my, most of my adult life. I was like, okay, this is the career field that I'm just in. Decided to step out the boat and went into a completely different field. And when I tell you, that probably was the scariest, best thing that ever happened to me because you know what that did? I came off of what they called the street, right? Meaning you wasn't in the company. You didn't learn a whole bunch. You didn't whatever. And I was able to get my license in that area. I was able to surpass top of my class in that area. And so what that taught me was like, yo, I'm really am dope wherever I go. It doesn't matter that I don't have years experience. I have people asking me like, you've never done this before? Cause you, you're really good. And I was like, you know what? Real talk, like not to be a cocky grandbaby, but like, I think I see what y'all saying. And what did that cause me to do? That caused me to say, you know what? So if I literally have the anointing to be dope 
anywhere I go, then let me choose a place that I feel like I would flourish. So I chose another career path because I am a fond believer. I'm not getting to my golden years and telling my great grand grandkids um, what I could have, should have, would have been. I'm going to say I tried that and then that's what I learned from here. And then I tried that and that's what I learned from here. But we're going to live this thing called life. I'm not living in here just to go ahead and get on the express chain and then never have any kind of interactions or any kind of new profound like findings in my life. No, we're going to be uh, very much living this life. And that's just how I feel. I have been around too many people that said, oh, you know what I really wanted to do? And then you say something like law, you wanted to be a doctor, you wanted to be an engineer, you wanted to go ahead and have your own business. And I look at your life currently and I'm like, what happened? And then you put an excuse there that kept you down. And so what that makes me see is that you were never bold enough to live the life that would have been bountiful for you. And for anybody else, if they can eat with that fork, that's cool, but I can't. I'm not going to look at anything like, mm, I really, if I really want to do anything, then I'm going to do everything in that area to get it. That's just the kind of grandbaby I have become and who I'm going to stay. And so when I went ahead and was like, yeah, okay, let me try something else. I then was like, ah, you know what? Now that I see that the anointing on me is excellence. That I don't just get in and do what everybody's. I kind of have the, mm, let's try this different. Like, I, I want to be efficient. I want to be this, that, and third. I went back to my original career plan, but with a different mindset. Oh, I was like, so you know that I need to be uh, promoted. I need to be up here. I need to be doing these things because the confidence that I was able to identify, you mean to tell me. That the way that I equated success, the way that I thought you had to have all these accolades, all these years of experience, you had to have a certain amount of gray hair, you had to have a certain amount of stress level for it to be like, "Mm mm-hmm, and now you have earned your right to go ahead and move up and kind of show people essentially how to be dope in that area. God has given me what I like to call an inside scoop years beyond. I'm able to look at something that somebody else who's there 12 years can't see. And when I realized that I was like, Oh, then I also realized that I also have an anointing to break something down to make it simple. What is difficult for most, you start to hear, but you need me to move you move. But I'm like, what they're really trying to say is ABCD. That's it. Really? Yeah, that, that's what they should have just said. Because um, all that other stuff you won't need, if you focus on this, this will come in time and blah, blah, blah. I literally find myself taking over in training classes where I'm supposed to be a student. And I'm like, y'all confusing the people because I can discern that. And so what did God show me? Ma'am, your anointing is not in a particular field. <laughs> it's not in a particular lane. God literally wants you to take your anointing and go multiply with that. Go be great. He literally said, hey, I gave you a gift that nobody else has. That's unique to you, just like your fingerprint is. I want you to take this and I want you to get a touchdown and I want you to come back and tell me what you did with it. That's literally what he said when he created you. So go ahead and get out there. Create it to multiply. Am I plugging my particular website? Probably create it to multiply.com. You choose. (laughs) It is what it is. But like, do you hear the challenge that I'm giving you? I need you to start looking at newness and going, but is it really new? Because I got the same anointing. 
Or are you taking your same anointing and just staying in sameness, which is the equivalent to stagnation? That's between you and the Lord. No, that's the question you need to go ahead and truly, truly, truly evaluate for yourself. But I promise you, I'm so passionate about this particular topic. We can probably be on the phone until tomorrow. So um, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you, but who, your favorite homegirl. But I really feel like you need to go ahead and say, line, think about some of the things. Because I felt like when I was talking, you were like, oh, yep, the Holy Spirit is poking you. So I need you to go ahead and truly identify what are you trying to show me, Lord, and let him expand you in that area. Because whatever's holding you up is holding you up from greatness. And whoever or whatever it is needs to be destroyed. But that's between you and the Lord. So I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go, okay? Mm -hmm. We talk later. Later.